My name is Brenda Stoudemire. I'm one of the plaintiffs in the federal fluoride lawsuit against the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency over the neurotoxicity of fluoride chemicals that are added to the public drinking water supply. So could you speak uh, for a moment first before we get into the lawsuit just about your history and your involvement with the fight against water fluoridation? Sure. I live in Wisconsin and I have been fighting water fluoridation since around 2012 or 2013. I first got involved with fluoridation because my friend Frankie was dying from bone cancer during the time that the Harvard Bassin study came out associating boys drinking fluoridated water to a higher risk of developing bone cancer in their late teens and early 20s. And that resonated with me because my son Hayden was in that age range of susceptibility. And I started to read the research on fluoridation and I thought it was gonna be a really easy issue to take on because there was so much evidence finding it was harmful. But little did I know there were so many special interest groups to push back on me and they had so, they used their authoritarian um, and their their prestige or their, their uh, titles basically to um, kind of put me down as just being a mom. Uh, a lot of people would call me a conspiracy theorist and they would make all these labels on me instead of like fighting the issue or um, talking about the issue. And there was so much science that I could find on PubMed that I thought it would be an easy issue. So I started to bring it forward and all these lobbyists and special interest groups were showing up and they were always outnumbering me. And so I I just kept with it and I think a lot of people will start to work on the fluoride issue thinking it's going to be easy and they give up once they start getting pushback. And I am really good at nagging and sticking with things so I just kept going. and. In 2016, we petitioned EPA using the Toxic Substances Control Act, and we supplied EPA with over 180 studies that demonstrate fluoride is a neurotoxin to the brain. They denied our petition, which we were expecting, and so we followed up with a, a lawsuit in federal court. And we've been in court since 2017 now. Um, I've also worked, this is like our big thing that we're here right now in San Francisco for, but I've been working on the fluoride issue. We have been sending letters. My friend Karen and I, who's a data analyst, we've been sending letters to CDC for the last few years because the CDC funds an annual fluoridation award to municipalities or water utilities that participate in water fluoridation. And they give them these trophies for giving fluoride to the public for, you know, 30 years or 40 years or whatever many years. And we reached out to the CDC and said, hey, you guys, why are you giving out these trophies for a neurotoxic substance? They don't give out trophies for water utilities having chlorine or not making people sick or they don't give out any other trophies but they give out these fluoridation trophies and we said that's a waste of money look at all the studies and we archive all the studies on fluoridelawsuit.com science and we archive all the letters we've been sending to the cdc on fluoridelawsuit.com actions and a lot of the studies we've been providing cdc with are based on nhanes data NHANES is basically this child nutritional survey where they, they do things where they track dental fluorosis and 
you know, heart problems and all these things. And people have been doing research on fluoridation using the NHANES data, and they've been coming up with all these conclusions about how fluoride is harming us. So CDC's own data shows harm, yet they're ignoring it. So we've been nagging them for years now about these uh, studies and also their participation trophies. And so we just sent a, a letter a few months ago again. We haven't heard back. We have gotten correspondence from the CDC in the past. Um, and then the last correspondence we got from them was from one of their attorneys basically saying that we should no longer be contacting CDC and to contact the attorney. But we ignore that and we continue to contact all the CDC scientists and provide them with the studies. Um, I've been fighting fluoridation in Green Bay and Madison. We had huge meetings in 2020 um, and the fluoridation lobbyists got very heavily involved. They came from all over the world over Zoom to basically uh, parrot their mantra of safe and effective, don't worry about the neurotoxicity evidence, it's not conclusive, yada yada. These people have come from the UK, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, all over the place. And I get outnumbered when they do this. And then they drowned out. I have people who are attorneys speak about our lawsuit. I have pediatricians and professors talking about the new neurotoxicity studies. Um, I have PhD experts, like all these accredited people get drowned out by the safe and effective mantra that the fluoride promoters put out there. And they call them from all the states, like Missouri Dental Director had six of his staff members writing letters in support of water fluoridation. They, they receive hundreds of outside lobbyists, like in Wisconsin, trying to drown out my concerns. And this has been going on in Green Bay and Madison since I started this. And I started bringing up the issue around 2012 or 2013. And I think that as soon as the judge rules in our favor, hopefully Green Bay and Madison will be the first to get rid of fluoride because they have been well aware of, you know, our petition back in 2016, the 180 studies. They've been aware of the NTP report that's been suppressed. I brought the NTP report up in 2019 and 2020 when the drafts were came out and those drafts had a dozen studies at levels of 0.7 and below, finding neurotoxic harm. So I've been hammering on those studies to Green Bay and Madison. So I'm hoping that once our lawsuit is won, that they'll get it out. But, you know, looking at the history of lead, you know, the EPA fast-tracked their lead standard in the US, and it took them over 20 years to fast-track that. So. Even once they understand the neurotoxicity of fluoride, it's gonna be years before EPA actually takes action and protects human health. And the fluoride issue is like the easiest issue to take care of because you don't have to spend a bunch of money replacing pipes and infrastructure or cleaning up the soil. All you have to do is turn off the dosing pump that they're using to add the chemicals into the drinking water. So I've been very active in Wisconsin with the fluoride. I've been active against the CDC with fluoride, and I'm involved in this lawsuit against the EPA. Could you speak to more, uh, some more about um, your 
your children and you said they're susceptible when I, to fluoride's uh, impacts? When I was pregnant with Co, my youngest child, I was low income, living in Green Bay. It's really hard to avoid fluoride when it's added to the drinking water supply. I work in the restaurant industry. You know, all the foods are made with fluoridated water. We don't filter that out. Um, the beverages are all fluoridated. So it's just, it's really hard to avoid it once it's in the water supply. And even filtering it out a lot of times isn't as effective as we would like to believe it is. Some filters don't have that long of a life expectancy where they don't last as long as they should or they state they do. So the fluoride levels would creep up really quickly when I would do testing on it and stuff. I have a background in environmental engineering and I have a focus on drinking water. So I have access to testing methods and such to test for my fluoride. And so I can monitor that stuff and see how well filters take it out. So my youngest son, Ko, he was, you know, sassy when he was younger. And I don't know if it had to do with fluoride. I think a lot of the kids are sassy. I think a lot of kids have ADHD. I'm sure it's just not just the fluoride. We're being bombarded through air pollution and all the different stuff in our foods that sometimes we're not aware of. And so it's, fluoride is just one of the compounds that I thought it would be easy to tackle and get rid of in our water to eliminate, you know, our children's being burdened in this like soup of chemicals that we live in. And fluoride lowers the IQ, it increases ADHD at levels all the way down to 0.2. Philippe Grandjean crunched a benchmark dose analysis for fluoride and found 0.2-ish or 0.3 is the level that you will start to see one IQ point being dropped in those who are most susceptible. And that's usually what EPA bases their safety standards for neurotoxins at. Uh, once they found, find a benchmark, they would eliminate that um, risk for the population. So if we know, you know, 0.2 is harmful, 0.7 is most definitely harmful, especially to bottle-fed infants because their moms are using the tap water, their bodies are absorbing more, infants' kidneys aren't working as well as an adult person's kidneys, so they might not be able to filter or remove as much fluoride from their body as the adults can. So infants are bioaccumulating more fluoride, and that is very concerning because once you damage an infant's brain permanently, there is no going back. And we don't really know if fluoride is beneficial to the teeth. Cochrane Reviews did a systematic review or a meta-analysis back in 2015, they, they found most of the studies are highly biased and outdated. And they couldn't find evidence that once fluoride was taken out of water, if cavity rates went up, we're constantly told by dentists that this happens, but there is not a lot of evidence to actually show this stuff. So... What would you offer to anyone hearing this who is a parent themselves and has concerns? Like you mentioned, you know, it's if you're going out to eat, you're going to be drinking fluoride or the food's probably got fluoride in it to one degree or another. Um, are there any steps or things you can recommend, advice you can recommend to a parent who is maybe just paying attention to this and has these concerns now? I would definitely start a paper trail. I would write 
to your local water utility stating that you're a parent, you don't want to drink this stuff. You can look on your consumer confidence report for your water utility. You just Google your water utility's name with CCR or annual CCR and they will, it should pull up a PDF or a document of all the things in their drinking water. So I'd look to see if they add fluoride to your water and what level it is. And then I would just start the paper trail. I would make sure your state, you know, in Wisconsin, we have Department of Health Services. I would make sure Department of Health Services is aware of this issue, your water utility, your city council. And I know it does take time to just write a quick email, but it doesn't take as much time once you just do it. You know, just write a quick email, link to some of the studies. There's the JAMA Pediatric Study on Fluoride Neurotoxicity that was done by, um, I believe Green is the lead author on that one. Uh, Till did a bunch of studies. Bruce Lampier was involved in some of the studies. Dr. Grandjean. If you go to fluoridelawsuit.com science, you can find a lot of the studies and just provide them to, you know, the people who are making the decisions. And I think it's helpful to start that paper trail for later on when there is litigation further after our litigation. And uh, speaking of the litigation, the lawsuit, you've been here since the beginning. What are your thoughts on how things are going, how the judge is receiving the information and how the uh, Fluoride Action Network's expert witnesses have done? I think the lawsuit has been very exciting so far. Um, Yesterday was a little stressful and the day before with Savitz, but Savitz is, uh, so Savitz is an EPA expert for the, he's paid $500 an hour to defend water fluoridation. The thing with Savitz is that he was part of the NASM panel, the National Academies of Environmental Science, that reviewed the NTP report and they heavily criticized the NTP report. Well, Savitz was also on the uh, Canadian Health Canada report on fluoride and all the effects to the whole body that they did that was just published a few days ago. But Health Canada did not release that report. The authors did through a peer-reviewed journal. And that was probably due to pressures. And I noticed that Savitz was on that panel as well with people like, uh, I think his name is Stephen Levy or Levy. Stephen is on a fluoridation panel for the American Dental Association, and he helped write the fluoridation facts for the American Dental Association, which are these marketing materials and manufactured facts that they give questions and then answers for dentists to use when a patient asks, you know, is fluoride harmful to the kidneys or neurotoxicity? You know, these dentists have these really nice packaged answers where they kind of manipulate the science and make fluoride seem less harmful than it is. And I just wonder what kind of an influence Levy or Levy has had in, on Dr. Savitz and other people who are on that review panel for the Health Canada report and how they have possibly worked to water down the neurotoxicity harm evidence. Because I noticed that they were setting their uh, standard or their levels for safety in Canada based on fluorosis and not neurotoxicity. And I imagine there was some influence from the people who are very heavily invested in water fluoridation that are on this panel that helped that. So I'm curious to know how, you know, this Stephen Levy or Levy has influences Savitz's 
uh, way of thinking over the years on the fluoride neurotoxicity and how maybe he helped sculpt these reports that I believe are very urgent reports that need to be looked at seriously and we need to start protecting people immediately from the harm of neurotoxicity, especially for infants and bottle-fed infants in particular. So that is one thing that I thought was really exciting about our case and Michael gets to cross-examine him again, I believe on Monday. And hopefully, you know, the judge doesn't put too much weight on Stephen, I mean, uh, Savitz's testimony, knowing that he is making a lot of money from this lawsuit and he has been an influence, an influencer on, you know, these governmental reports that find neurotoxicity, but they're kind of being watered down and suppressed from really coming out and being able to warn the public. So one last question. Is there any way uh, people can follow up with you? Like if they're interested in supporting you in your efforts or joining you in your efforts. And uh, you mentioned the website, Fluoride Lawsuit. Uh, that's obviously a place, but yeah, way people can keep up with you. I'm on Twitter. A lot of people call me the lovely Brenda. So I'm on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, I have a email, fluoridelawsuit.com or fluoridelawsuit at Gmail. I'm not sure if that's working right now. I may have sent too many emails out for it and Gmail may have blocked me <laughs> because I was trying to notify all the dentists in Wisconsin, like, hey, our lawsuit starts. And then uh, my website was crashed for, you know, misuse of my email account. So uh, otherwise I can be found at thelovelybrenda at gmail.com. Just reach out or on social media, you can message me. I don't have millions of followers or anything that you can't get a hold of me. I'm pretty easy to reach. And if you want to make a monetary donation, Moms Against Fluoridation are fundraising for our lawsuit. So you can make a donation there or Fluoride Action Network also has a donation page.